When we're yielded to the Lord as followers of Christ, His love will go through us and touch people. That's, how many of you have ever been touched by somebody where you knew this has got to be the Lord? Yeah, you know? And when we get to be part of it, that's even more mind-blowing. Hey friends, you're listening to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. Everyone faces problems, conflicts, and pain to work through, and that's certainly something that Victor openly relates to here. So today we begin the three-part series, Hope for Your Jacked Up Life, starting with Philippians 3, where Victor expounds on the fact that our righteousness is only from Christ and not our own works, and we can rest in this. Additionally, God calls us to put our faith and trust in Him when people fail us. In fact, yielding to him may cause him to reach the unreachable through us, and that is where miracles begin. Here is part one of today's episode with Victor Marks. I just, uh, the other day I was just driving home uh, in the valley, and it was super hot, and I drive by these two teenagers who are walking on the side of the road. Uh, They don't look like they're doing good. And I really sensed like the Lord say, turn around, go give them a ride. I was like, I rebuked that thought right there, you know. I just want to go home, Lord, and watch Duck Dynasty. Um, I'm not kidding. I could have just blown by those kids like, see y'all, I want to go watch me some TV and chill out. And yet, the Lord said, you pick that. I was like, okay. I roll um, I pick them up. Well, I roll up to him first. I go, by the time I get to him, he's actually screaming and yelling at her. They're in this, you know, just, ah, and I'm thinking, oh, man. So, hey, hey, uh, would you like a ride? And he's uh, looking at me. Uh, and it was hot outside. I was, it was pretty hot. And he goes, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, man. So she gets in the car, and then he gets in the front seat. And as soon as he gets in, he sits down, and he's like, oh, no, man, no way. He goes, you Victor Marks, aren't you? <laughs> I said, yes, I am. <laughs> he goes, dude, you, he said, yo, you come to my school a minute ago. It was like three years. That's the lingo for kids nowadays, a minute. Because I was like, a minute? No, I was just back there, mister. Uh, like three years ago, he said, he said, I ain't lying, man. You're one of the most inspirational dudes I ever heard. He said, he impacted me, man. And uh, he said, I even read your book. I read your book. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I said, well, how you doing? Not good. Not good at all. like, okay. I see the impact I'm making. It's significant. He, he actually goes, man, my life is all jacked up. He goes, I, I got warrants out for my arrest. And I'm like, and you're in my car? <laughs> I'm like, how much are the warrants for? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Called my friend, the chief of police. And 
I, so I told him, I said, hey, y'all screaming, y'all looking at And I said, y'all hungry? He, and, you know, they're trying to be cool, but they're, they're hungry. He's like, uh, yeah. I said, let's go get some meat. So I took him to a restaurant, and we sat down. And, and the, you know, sometimes the presence of the Lord, His Holy Spirit just comes. It don't matter. Ain't nothing you can do about it. It just, boom. And you could sense the Lord, boom. She starts crying. She gets up and goes outside. She's just weeping because she senses God's love, right? And then he's, you know, he's getting emotional. He's trying to hang on. I said, well, what's going on? He said, man. He said, ever since I saw you and read your book and all that, he said, I hadn't, I hadn't listened to one thing you said. <laughs> he said, my life is so jacked up. The bad choices I've made since the last time I met you. He says, my life is really messed up. And uh, I was like, well, I said, well, obviously somebody's praying because for God to tell me to pull over and pick you up, that's pretty strong, man. I said, so let's just say God wants to do something in your life. I said, do you, do you want to trust him? And he's like, yeah. So I'm working with him and her right now. Be praying. His name is Q or Quentin, okay? And... Uh, they are full of drama. I ain't kidding you. Teenagers and rebellion to God. So, uh, but you know, he comes from a very bad, bad background. He comes from a horrible background that wasn't fair, not justice, using drugs to deal with things, um, can't trust people, all of that, right? And I told him, I said, well, I'm proud of you because you never gave up yet. You know, you don't have to give up. You, you keep, but uh, we'll keep praying for them. But the Lord will, he'll come into our lives. And, and uh, today's message is entitled, Hope for Your Jacked Up Life. <laughs> so if you would, t- t- turn to the book of Philippians. Okay. <laughs> we'll turn to the book of Philippians. Uh, book of Philippians chapter 3 is where we're going to be at today. Um, it, I mean... I don't care if you're a non-believer, atheist. I don't care if you're Buddhist. I don't care if you're a hell's angelist, uh, whatever, or Christian. Everybody goes through problems. Everybody. It is. It is. This world's about conflict and pain, uh, and and nobody gets out of it. And that's how I best relate to people, quite honestly, through pain, through struggles, because you get it. I mean, it don't matter who, what, whatever. And uh, if someone doesn't believe like me or whatever, that don't mean I can't be their friend, right? We can still be friends. We can, a lot of commonalities. But I've just found in my life, as I've looked for help through my problems and my pain, the best thing I have personally found has been the Word of God. The Word in God. Because I've got to believe God is real. Either he is or he ain't. He's not kind of in between. So I went ahead and threw my money on, <laughs> all on God. Roll the wheel. <laughs> Let's see, you know, it's 50-50. But I decided to put it all on the Lord and go, well, let's see. And guess what? When I did that, it was 1986, June 22nd, when I, when I said, all right, I'm going for it, Lord. Everything, if you real, if this Bible's real. And never... No, never once has he ever forsaken me or disappointed me in all these years. Me personally, never. It's never happened. Now, I've had some Christian folks that have. I've had people that call his name that have and disappointed me. 
I have disappointed people. So the good thing about following God or his word, it's not about us. It's about him. And let's look at this scripture. Okay, I I like this scripture. Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 8. Okay. If you have a Bible, read along with me or you can view it. Or sometimes, sometimes it's good just to close your eyes if you're just a audio person and listen, listen to what it says. But indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. And if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already attained or am already perfected. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen to the word of God. Look here. The things that I just kind of take away. Now you can exegete this. You can. But what I just take away. My takeaway from this text today. Is that it is about him. It's about knowing him. First if you don't know him. It's to get to the point in your life where you do know him. Where you actually come into a personal relationship with him. And it's real. And then after you know him, it's still about knowing him. Sometimes we forget. It's like, you know, you run, your life's all crazy. So devil's out to get you and you run and you touch base, which is the Lord. Bing. I'm on base. You can't touch me. And then as soon as he wanders off, you're like, okay. And then you start messing around again. No, it is always about being right here with the Lord, with him. The other thing I take away from this is that we as Christians, your righteousness is only because of Christ Jesus. It's not any works you're going to do. If you've got a ledger of you're doing good, you're doing good, therefore your value and your stock in God is going up, that's not how it works. If that was the case, why would Jesus even need to die on the cross? Just y'all go ahead and, you know, do your own thing. I told somebody, I know this. Before faith in Christ, I could have never done good enough to get into heaven. And after Christ, I could have never done good enough to get into heaven. Right? There's a theme throughout this Bible. Weakness, fear, right? Our lack, but His all-sufficiency. That's that's what the Bible says. And He's saying, Him, 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 not us. The moment you start trying to do it yourself, you're going you're gonna to disappoint yourself. And you're going to disappoint other people. And yet, when we abide in Him, when we're just chilling and relaxing in the Lord, and when we grow on with Him and 
We stumble. We get back up. Because are there any fellow stumblers out there? I just want to make sure. I've been to churches where people won't raise their hand. I, way down deep south, little congregations of some righteous people. Well, what do you mean, stumble? <laughs> hey, let me tell you what. It's so important for us to keep our eyes on Him and not just people or even ministry people. Because guess what? There's still people. And I've met some whacked out, jacked up people in ministry. I ain't going to lie. And I'm in it. And I is one of them. I really, oftentimes, I'm like, wow, I can't, the more, the longer I'm in ministry and deal with people, sometimes I go, I can't, look, I can't even believe you use people like us. I'm just being honest with y'all because it's like, wow, wow, we're really messed up without you, Lord. I don't care who it is, what family, what preacher, what teacher, people need the Lord before and after. Uh-huh. And that's why we have to keep pointing to him, pointing to him. Some of you sit here today or you're listening or you're watching and you're like, you're resistant to the gospel. You're resistant to God because of what you've seen his representatives be. And guess what? I get it. And I don't blame you. <laughs> but you can't stop there. Because, my friend, on the day of judgment, when you do stand before God, that won't hold water. Because Jesus will just, I mean, he'll be looking at the cross. They didn't die for you. I did. I did. Look. I never told you put your faith and trust in people. I told you to put your faith and trust in me. I'm the one that loves you. You know what's miraculous is that every once in a while, when we're yielded to the Lord as followers of Christ, His love will go through us and touch people. That's How many of you have ever been touched by somebody where you knew this has got to be the Lord? Yeah. You know? And when we get to be part of it, that's even more mind-blowing. Uh, I think recently I was in Texas. I travel and speak a lot, y'all. A lot. <laughs> Last year, I think it was 120 times. Uh, but recently, uh, we were, uh, I, I was asked to speak at a public school for an assembly as a motivational speaker. <laughs> and look, for a long time, I was like, Pfft. I'm not doing motivational speeches. I'm just going to preach Jesus. If they won't let me preach Jesus, forget it. And because I spend most of my time in juvenile prisons. That's, I, I love kids who are locked up. I love kids who are troubled. I love kids whose life is jacked up. Because it makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, it's because I come from that type of background. So I'm like, I feel you. I don't know, you know, going into a facility when they're like, you better bring it, man. You better, come on, tell us what you're talking about, man. You better bring it. And that's just a girl. So I'm like, okay. 
All right, we got uh, we got a good group here now. We got a good group here. Mm-hmm. But you know, the Lord showed me. He said, "Look, I'm open doors for you to speak in public schools because a lot of the kids who are locked up came from the public schools, and it's a cycle or foster care groups or whatever. So we're going to hit it all." And uh, so we made a deal with public schools. I said, hey, I'll come in and speak. You don't even have to pay me. I'll come in and I'll do assemblies for your kids. But I will talk. They're like, no, don't talk about God. You know, oh, heaven forbid, no. Evoke the name of God in a public place with kids who are shooting people and raping and doing drugs. And no, it may mess them up. Uh, I want to keep them on that straight and narrow. Let's keep the dysfunction really where And yet, when I go to a juvenile facility, they're like, tell them God, tell them Buddha, whatever you want, man. These kids are so much... And I'm like, I remember I was up at, uh, where was I? Someplace. It was a maximum security facility for juveniles. It was, it was a pretty heavy deal. And uh, I walk in, the warden's like, they're about to bring me in. And it was a hard... Tough, hard kids. And he goes, right before I went in, he goes, now, what are you going to talk about again? I said, uh, Jesus. He's like, are you sure? Because they'll eat you alive in there. And you start talking about Jesus stuff. And I was thinking, well, they'll just get a tummy ache. I don't care if they eat me. I don't know what else. But the Lord showed us, be strategic. I'll get you in front of kids. So we made a deal with the public schools. So I was uh, the more recent one. I was at Lake Elsinore. You ever heard of Lake Elsinore? If you've ever done meth, you know Lake Elsinore. Uh, I'm not being mean. I'm just being real. Okay. So I go over there, and uh, that uh, you know, I they have a little Christian club. They they have about 20 kids that meet at lunch, and they wanted me to originally go in there to speak, but my schedule simply doesn't allow it. I only have X amount of time, days, hours. I, I can't. You know, I have a family and uh, a life. Uh, I want to see my kids grow up. So as we said, we'll do an assembly. They said, well, don't talk about God. Okay. So they set it up. They bring, you know, get a couple thousand kids in there. I tell them now, I'm going to talk about overcoming hardship, never giving up, how drugs complicate things. And I'm going to talk about purity. They're like, purity? You know, that's, that's like, whoa. I go, yeah, because I think there's a real, you know, I, the, these kids need to hear it. And, you know, when I shared my background with them, how my father was a drug dealer and a pimp who didn't claim me as his kid. And when my mom was pregnant, he said, that ain't mine. That. And he call me a kid. That ain't mine. And my mom would go on to marry six times. And I'd have to go to 14 schools, lived in 17 houses. And at five years old, I was called by a child molester in the woods of Mississippi. I was sexually assaulted and left in a commercial cooler for dead. Now I know what it's like to have pain and anger so deep that you think there ain't no way out of this rabbit hole. And you hate not only your abusers, people who are supposed to be watching after you, you start hating humanity where let everybody die. And your brain starts getting so round the wrong way and bitterness comes out. I get it. Because you know why? You lose hope. And I tell people, without hope, you can't accept love. You can't understand faith. Without hope, 
Nothing else matters. That's why it's one of the big three. Faith, hope, and love. And it's sandwiched in the middle of life. And I tell those kids that. And I tell them about purity. 2,000 high school kids. I said, girl, stop sleeping with your boyfriend. Stop hooking up. You know that ain't love. That ain't romance. That's regret. That's a new STD. That's an unwanted baby that's going to be aborted and you'll feel bad about. That's you drinking again the next weekend because you feel so shameful. I said, wait. Live a life of purity. Get married. And then have lots of sex. (laughs) Because God invented it. Do you understand? It's a wonderful gift for a married man and woman. And I think if we were talking about it, not in a weird way, but just healthy... The kids in the world would just start looking to us to go, we ain't working over here. Is that the way it's supposed to look? Yeah, it is. So keep yourself pure. Wait. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.